welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gammage, and joining me on today's episode is Angel Malone, Career and Technology Education Director for the state of South Carolina. If you haven't noticed yet, then you're probably not in education because Kate has burst on into the education scene over the last five years. What used to be known as classes for the other students are now one of the greatest advantages every student can receive. Creative, critical, and innovative thinking. Here we are with Angel Malone. technology at school and um, actually opened the first charter school in Orangeburg wow. that was career-based and um, just super proud of the results that they've, that they've had and grateful to be there in leadership to see that now as an excellent school according to our state and on a national level to see the mm. work that's been done uh, which then moved me to the State Department of Education to direct the Career Technology Ed Office uh, because that is a passion of mine with seeing kids connect to why they're getting the education that they have. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful. Um, about the school in Orangeburg, what's, what's that school called? So that school is the Orangeburg High School for Health Professions. Okay. And um, I tell you what, we started seven years ago with an idea and a thought of bringing equity to children in that area. And through the hard work of individuals coming together under like-minded principles and just trying to see doors open for children mm. who were able to, in the past years of graduation rates, have over 98% graduation rate with over 97% of those kids wow. going into college, military, or some type of career. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so in what what population is that school? Was it designed to serve a specific population? I mean, obviously it's a public charter school, so it's open to everybody. But what kind of demographics are in the school, um, for and, and as to bridge the gap for that charter school? Um, you know, the, 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 what was the purpose of that charter for the students attending the school? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, it's currently 93% African-American population. Um, a majority of those students are first generation, uh, will be first generation uh, college attendees uh, going into the workforce. And I'll tell you what started this whole conversation of, of, of creating this school was number one, the health disparities in Orangeburg. Mm -hmm. Uh, which are tremendous as it relates to uh, diabetes, cancer, and heart disease. But then also after doing um, a work study of the industry sectors that would be booming in that area, one of those was healthcare. So we wanted to be able to create a skilled workforce that could feed the pipeline. And we understood that the, the coupling together of education and business would uh, create economic development in mm. that area. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you've seen all those come come to light over the past seven years um, since the school has been open. All the all of the missions essentially have been fulfilled. Oh man, yes! I'll tell you what. What I think is amazing, um, and what we're trying to do to bring to our state um, on a on a state level with alignment is in that Orangeburg community. Not only were we able to educate the students, but we've also created and after school industry credential cert program for their mm. parents. So oh. it's about educating the entire family to get 
wow. or to remove or to get rid of generational poverty yeah. or to pull that out. And so we understood, and I understand that to be true, that in order to do that, you must educate the entire family base wow. so that everyone has an opportunity. Wow. Uh, so we, we've seen that. Uh, and then to see jobs come into that area, to see our students get jobs. And then not also, not only that, but I've partners uh, wanting to partner with us to even a school facility without tax dollars. Hmm. And what grades yeah. is that charter school? Excuse me? What, what, what grades? Grade? Yes. Yeah, so uh, that charter school serves grades nine through 12. Okay. Uh, yeah, and getting them prepared in the latter end to transition out of school. Gotcha. Um, yeah. so, so that's been that's been huge, you know, looking at um, education and its um, involvement or lack of involvement yeah. over over time. When I was in school, there wasn't this career in tech track wasn't really available. Um, and, you know, everything that wasn't a four year institution was kind of frowned mm-hmm. upon by parents and teachers and, and stuff like that. But there's such a big push. And I'm not even sure if this is nationally or if it's. Um, specific to the state of South Carolina, but you know you've got the early college track or dual enrollment, but then being able to provide this career and technology track um, mm-hmm. to students. Can you talk to me about what what career and technology education is and and how um, that's being implemented throughout the state as the director? Absolutely. So I'll tell you that the career and tech ed track couples together academics along with the career programs uh, to give students knowledge and skills to include industry credentials and dual credit attainment uh, prior to leaving high school. And the whole point is so that they're accelerated and they have a competitive advantage when Mm. they leave. Mm. Across our state currently, we serve over 133,000 children in career and ed courses. That seems like a lot, but let me say this. Um, The rate of graduation for those students that complete a career and tech ed program so let's say nursing, they they, they complete a CNA path, uh, is 98%, okay? 98%, which says to me that 100% of the kids in the state of South Carolina need to be pursuing career and technology education of some type because we're not preparing them to go simply, the goal is not for you to go to a four-year college. If that is a stop on the pathway, yes. But our goal is to prepare you as a skilled workforce for a career. Mm. So when you graduate, that's what we want you to be able to do, to be have a competitive advantage globally to be at the top of the game. And for the state of South Carolina, because business and industry is booming, because individuals and businesses want to come to our state because of the low tax base, um, we have to make sure that we're competitive, that we're not developing individuals to come into our state for that economic base, but that we're developing our own to be able to take mm-hmm. this job and take people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's beautiful. Well, well stated. <laughs> um, what kind of what kind of pushback have you had, um, if any, in in expanding the career and technology tracks for high school students? Oh, wow. So I'll tell you what, when you're doing something great, just as what you're doing, thank you for what you're doing. Um, you. you will have <laughs> you will have some pushback. And so um, some of those things are that we have to dispel the whole concept of what career and tech education is. Most people see it as what, and I, put, I use air quotes, 
those kids do, those other mm. kids do. When the demand and the high skill uh, that is demanded now for jobs requires that kids come with some type of technical knowledge into uh, these places of work and that we, we develop individuals to be able to handle that. The whole landscape of of job opportunities is changing. And it's not so much, so much that you have to learn some kind of, um, what do they call it, rote activity, where it's a repeated activity, such as yeah. in a plant. It is now high-skilled, high, highly technical uh, uh, jobs that require you to be able to create, creatively think, critically think, and innovate. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and that that's huge. I went to, I, I just mentioned the Darlington County Institute of Technology and heard from um, several of their students that were participating in programs. And one of the young ladies was, um, she was in an early college program and um, wasn't really a fan of the courses that she was taking. So she mm -hmm. went to DCIT in spite of what some of her parents or friends were saying. And she was interested in, in health science um, as a profession, was actually able to go to a nursing home and work with patients hands-on. And that gave her not only um, the knowledge, the head knowledge, but the, the skill and experience Absolutely. of working with somebody in the real world. I, I know there was um, one boy who built a bridge. There was kids that were making you know, websites and mouse pads and, and stuff <laughs> like that. So, as, as, so I'm working with... Uh, uh, a charter school now that's K through nine, growing mm -hmm. up to 12th grade. How do I have that conversation with students and parents about the different track that they're going to be on? So we've got three tracks, early college, dual enrollment, and um, career in tech. H how yeah. do I help my career in tech students feel like they're not being left out and that this track is, is just as quality, um, for lack of a better word, or presents just as much quality as that associate's degree from an early college program? So I'm going to challenge you on two different fronts. One is that the career in tech ed piece needs to be a part of all of those tracks. Okay. And, um, and, <laughs> and I fair. think that, that needs to be a foundation and a base, and, and not because I sit as the director, but because as a former principal who developed the school in a county where none of the schools are excellent, mm. okay? And I don't say that I've worked in those schools, I've worked hard in the trenches, but um, I, I remember this, this is past year, uh, my final year, our incoming freshmen, 9% of them, not, I don't want you to hear this number, 9% were at the level of meeting or exceeding in the area of math. Wow. That is unacceptable. Yeah. 91% to not meet, okay? Mm. And so it's important that we have career and tech ed as a part because we took those the, the prospect of those same students and prepared them so by the time that they're leaving high school, they have dual credit under their belt. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they are set up for college. They are set up for a job because some of them are going to college and working a job at the same time. So I think that it's important, number mm. one, that career and tech ed is a part of all of those different tracks. And then my second push is I ask everyone, what would you want for your child? Right. All right. Because then when we start having that conversation, um, uh, parents see things a little bit differently. And I say that because as a student in, in school, I don't know about you, but I would have liked 
to have gone through a health science track to know that I didn't want to be a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to go and work in a in a uh, nursing home so I can understand that while I love science and I'm a nerd to, to the core, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not like blood. I don't want to deal with gotcha. all of that. Gotcha. So I think that we need to give kids that opportunity for real hand, real real time uh, on the job training so that they can make those decisions. Yeah. So, yeah. so what I just heard is a career in tech in early college is not an and or, um, but it's a both. Absolutely. <laughs> mm. that, that's, Absolutely. That's big. Um, what, are, what are some of the obstacles to growth right now? So we're at 133,000. That's, that's an amazing amount of people in, in my eyes and my perspective. From your perspective as the Kate director, what are your goals moving forward for um, career and technology education in South Carolina? So I will tell you that there are a, uh, 133,000 kids that are in career and tech ed versus 757,000 children in our state in school. So that kind of tells you where we are. Is so that, far is that high school students or all students? This is this is all all grade levels. Okay. So seven hundred and seven seven hundred fifty seven thousand children, a little bit over that. Okay. And we're serving one hundred and thirty three thousand of those children in career and tech ed programs, right? And so career and tech doesn't just start hmm. um, in the high school, okay. but it starts with exploration. And I'll say that with. Um, we, we are funded federally through Perkins. I don't know if you've heard of Carl D. Perkins. I haven't. Okay, so we're funded federally through those those funds, and it goes down to seventh grade. Well, we have a new authorization, reauthorization uh, that will come into place for next year where we can reach down to fifth grade. And wow. so the whole purpose of career exploration is so that they can they can see what certain careers offer, but then have a closely defined idea of what they want to do by the time they're leaving high school. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So my goal and my hope is that 100% of our kids in the state of South Carolina will have access and opportunity to pursue a career in tech program. Um, And I'll tell you that as a former principal, I would hear, not in my school, thankfully, (laughs) but I've heard uh persons say oh no you can't take a career tech ed course because your major is ib and that is not a major that is a pathway to get to a career so if you're in an international baccalaureate program i'm not frowning on that or anything i think it's awesome but that is not a major because we are not telling kids when you graduate you should your goal is to be a completer of ib no your goal is to get a job right right (laughs) That, yeah. And, and that, that's a that's an interesting perspective, you know, that I think, um, you know, we don't really think about very often, even, you know, preparing, I'm, I'm preparing some students now to for their IGP meetings um, and yeah. asking them, what is your career goal? And in a lot of cases, it, it could be, you know, to go to college, you know, to do, yeah. but that, that's not that's not the end goal. At some point in your life, even if you are a doctor and go to school for 12 years, you still yeah. have to earn an income. You still have to make ends meet in some way or the other. So um, even that, that's a, I feel like a very simple paradigm shift to say, hey, it's, your career goal is not IB, it's not your diploma, it's not no, um, no. college. It, it's You gotta be a, a productive citizen of your state, your community, your country. Yeah, and I and I tell you what, I'll cha- I, I say this all the time. 
um, and I use myself as an example for that, is that during, when I went to school, I was the first in my family to go to college, right? And so um, that was, I, I think that preparing yourself academically is extremely important. So I think it's a duality of both. But I also prepared myself uh, in the area of biology, and and now as as a as a uh, citizen that is contributing to the economy, I'm now paying back student loans <laughs> mm-hmm. for a whole lot of expensive career exploration that happened in college that could have happened mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. Me, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you um you mentioned two words, access and opportunity, that are. Oh my goodness, they, they mean yeah. so much to me. Um, I, I've said a few times, my, my initial background out of college, I, I wanted to be a, a public speaker. So in a lot of ways, I would study words and the meaning of those words and just um, the impact that words have. And even this podcast, we, we want to provide um, meaningful conversation about how to bridge the gap in education. And so th- those words, access, opportunity, um, the other words that I throw in there is, is community and youth. Those are like four pillars of everything that, that I do. Talk to me about what those two words mean to you and what they mean to education and access and opportunity. Wow. So I'll tell you this. Uh, the underlying word of that is equity, right? Mm. And we hear that a lot. Um, but when we talk about access, that means, as I said before, what would you want for your children? So a lot of times uh, um, we'll say, uh, and I'm trying to make sure I say it correctly, in rural areas and smaller rural areas, we'll say things like, well, let's put these programs there to help them. Mm -hmm. And it's not about helping them, it's about what would you want for your own child? And so access means the equal access for a child in Bowman, South Carolina, or in Allendale that you would get in in Alexi. And that's just openly speaking. And so equity is the foundation of all of that to say, we don't give equal parts. We give what is necessary. So what could happen in a Lexington um, based on the tax base there could not happen in an Allendale based on that tax base. Mm -hmm. So there has to be some equity and funding, which may look like it's more to an Allendale but it's rising them all up to the same level so they get the same view. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's huge. That's yeah. not not equal parts, but what's necessary. What's um, necessary. That's, <laughs> that's huge. There's a couple of, of depictions, pictures or memes, whatever they're called, that um, I think do a good job of talking about the difference between equity and equality. And yeah. on, on one of those pictures, you, you see um, three kids, they're all the same height, and they all have one box that they're standing on. However, some of the kids are starting at a greater deficit. Um, the slope is on a downward slope, and the fence that they're trying to look over to watch this baseball game is at an upward slope. So you, you've got kids starting from a greater deficit with um, a higher threshold of to, to reach success with yeah. the same box that sure that's equal we all have one box but equity is um what the next picture shows where that that kid that's starting from the deficit has three boxes so that he can actually see over the fence that's taller you know you're starting from a lower place and have to to do more to get to the same place that other people are starting um so that that's just something i wanted to 
to throw in there. Um, I want I wanted to add something to your conversation. There's and I'll, I'll send it to you if, if you don't have it. There's a third picture because when I was talking to you, that was the picture that I was thinking of. Mm. There is a third picture of where the boxes are there, the kids are sitting on there, they're all at the same level, but what has happened is the fence has been moved, okay, mm. that they were looking over. And I think that sometimes we have to remove the barrier of the fence, wow. and sometimes that can be our thoughts, that can be our ideals about what we think education is, because the whole point of the picture should be not to watch the game, but to get in the game. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. That gave me goosebumps right there. <laughs> I have not seen that. I'm, I'll, I'll need you to send that to me. Um, that is huge. To get in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's true. You know, some of these barriers that are in front of us are, are just the limiting beliefs. And, 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 and a lot of times it's, it's boundaries that just we just refuse to cross at a lot of times or, or pieces that we refuse um, to think about. So I want to go back a little bit. So... Um, what I've heard about Kate education and what I'm experiencing right now is that um, students will begin their Kate classes, <clears throat> excuse me, going to a career in tech center starting in 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Now, when you say exploration, is that, is that, is that mean SCOAS? Is that the career and occupation information system um, mm -hmm. taking students, students through a career project and college search? Is, is that what you mean by exploration? Or do you mean students actually participating in um, some kind of courses or hands-on real-world experience at that fifth to, to ninth grade level? Yeah, so it doesn't, the, the, the exploration part does include SCOAS, and thank you for giving the whole name, because I've always just said SCOAS, <laughs> thank you for that. However, it does include that piece, but it also includes students being able to engage in the courses and actually be in a state of play mm. where they can see what happens um, and get that on-the-job training and knowledge and skill. So starting that earlier, in fifth grade it may not be as defined as a particular course it may be something that happens in your math course like programming uh little mbots uh so you know how computer programming works and coding works mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. it, and it graduates you know what i mean it graduates on okay. to in seventh or eighth grade you're saying because you can take a course then you're saying well i want to take an introductory computer science course because i think this is something that i want to do wow. and providing access to all children especially those underrepresented areas and genders so far as well gender and race is concerned those populations right i think it's very important if we want to equal the playing field yeah yeah hmm so <clears throat> that's that's really cool thinking about fifth fifth and sixth graders getting that hands-on experience. What is it that you're doing now to, well, there, I think there's 46 counties in the state. I'm not sure how many school districts there are, but mm -hmm. how many um, school districts are offering some sort of Kate education? Yeah, so all school districts are. There are 82 school districts and two uh, authorizing charter school districts, so yeah. 84 in all. All of them have access to career and tech ed courses and offer some type uh, for children. I think that what we have to do, uh, and one of our, our visions and goal, vision, a part of our vision and our goal is to um, strengthen our career guidance piece. Our guidance counselors do an amazing job with getting information out to children, but I think that we need to do some work on how we educate students 
as well as parents. And one of those ways that we plan on doing that is to partner with ETV um, mm. to provide some real world individual students who graduated from these career pathways and allowing them to share their experience of how they did it. Cause, because a lot of times we need living and breathing exemplars of that. And then filtering those, you know, sometimes people don't watch ETV all the time. I do, yeah. but <laughs> sometimes they don't. So filter it through channels such as Snapchat and Instagram. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense. And that's where I think um, 75% of millennials consume yeah. their news information <laughs> on social media. So, so that would be great. Are you guys already... Now, the SC Department of Education is huge. Is there um, specific Facebook sites and um, taglines for each department? Yeah, um, there, there, there are beginning to be. Let me say that there's beginning okay. to be that that movement. Um, I know that the State Department has a Facebook page um, that they communicate off of, uh, that we communicate off of. However. Um, we are creating, even in our Kate office, our career tech office, we're changing our name from Kate to CTE, to hmm. the national norm uh, for branding purposes, but also our tagline is future ready CTE, um, as we try to get our, our, our kids ready. And we're coming under one workforce development plan at the state um, so that education plays its part on the secondary side, post-secondary side, and then also in our workforce, there are things that commerce does. So we're coming under one workforce development vision for mm. every citizen within South Carolina. Can, can you hit a little bit more on um, the one workforce development plan? What, what, what do yeah. you mean by that? Sure, so with Perkins with five reauthorization, what we did um, was I, we convened together individuals from commerce, from commissional higher education, our state tech system, department employee workforce, and mm. ourselves. And, um, and I'm, I'm probably missing some folks that were there, but we started thinking about what it is that we want to do for our state to continue to improve our economic growth. And that was to prepare, and that's the vision, to prepare a skilled workforce. So. On the K through 12 side, there are things that we do, such as career and tech ed courses, providing opportunity for post-secondary attainment, getting those college courses in while in high school, on the and industry credentials. Um, and, I, and let me say this: on that base, we've done an ex, ex, an outstanding job so far, but more to do uh, with industry credentials. And those are those credentials those kids can earn prior to leaving school, but will give them a job, yeah. such as a working. We had this past year over 22,000 kids receive industry credentials. In the year before that, we had 9,000. So it's a 56% increase in a wow. year. Right? Wow. So I think that that's the way that we're moving. But we're doing it under one vision of preparing mm -hmm. the skilled workforce for our state. Mm -hmm. that's, that sounds like a tall task, but I'm glad that it's being <laughs> done. Um, so how do I... How, how when did this Kate movement start? Well, I, so I think that it's been happening for um, some time, and I'll tell you, people that work in career and tech ed are some of the most devoted individuals who who get it. And I think that because of the need and the boom in the economy in our state and nationally, 
uh, the need for America's workers to be skilled and competitive globally, people now understand there has to be a shift in education. I don't know if you've seen that video um, of a young man who's talking about how everything has changed. Nike, iPod, all those things have changed except for how we educate. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and so now I think that we're catching up to understand in order to continue to engage with business and industry and keep the Boeings, the Samsungs, the Amazon, the Googles on American turf, yeah. that we have to couple career and tech ed with the educational system to ensure kids are ready. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's very important. So what would you say, um, just to put a number on it, would you say 10 years um, since, it, like, since it started to really kind of take off or has it been longer than that? Um, no, I, I honestly think it's within the last five to 10 years. Okay. It's, 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 it's taken a turn. Yeah. And now I think within the last year, especially with Perkins reauthorization, um, and federal funding and the amount of federal funding um, that's been given, the focus has now been within the last year or two specifically on pushing career readiness out there okay. uh, for students, yeah. Okay. Um, how many people are, are, are on your team with the Department of Education? Uh, uh, I don't know. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> no, it's 21 of us, okay. um, and we are continuing to expand because of the demand. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So for, for a school in um, the SC public charter school district and, yeah. and or a local school district like Darlington County or Lee County, whatever the case is, how, how do we get more involved with career in tech? So uh, there are two ways. I think from your local authorizer, whether it's the um, the, the state, uh, the South Carolina uh, school charter school district, or Erskine, or a local authorizer, I think that first it is connecting with them and seeing what you can do in your particular school, especially for a charter school. And I will tell you that sometimes that is hard because um, you may not always have. Um, the dialogue that is necessary to make that happen. Mm -hmm. The other way that you can do it is by reaching out to the Korean Tech Ed office here. I mean, reaching out to us, uh, we get emails all the time that we respond to and help facilitate those prop, those uh, relationships for you. Gotcha. So, and that's our job to do. Um, another thing that you can do is I sit on the board for the Public Charter School Association, which is our South Carolina Association. Right. And um, I will tell you that reaching out to those individuals uh, Carol Ost is the executive director for on the charter school side. She can also facilitate those conversations with her team as well. Okay. And so there are different avenues to get into that, that conversation and to ensure that your students have an opportunity for access. Mm -hmm. And yeah. does, that, does that access come by way of um, funding for the charter to implement or, or for the school, the county school to implement um, these kind of projects, Cape projects on their own campus, or does that come by way of connection with the local Cape program, the local Career and Technology Center? So uh, it's it's a mixture of both. You can you can connect with the local Career and Tech Ed Center. However, I will say also that the funding piece is through a creative plan by a district. So or. And, where, and, and that's an authorizing body for a charter school. So I think getting on their radar, because if they're not 
uh, knowledgeable that you're you you have this uh, pathway or you're serving kids mm. in a career area and it's just not strictly the general ed academic courses, then they may not know to fund what you're doing. Okay. So it is having those conversations and, and, and that dialogue so that you can be a part of that plan for funding as well. But okay. outside of that, because I'm always a big uh, proponent for finding additional dollars. Yeah. So it's about having those uncommon, and I said this uh, recently, it's about having those uncommon uh, uh, dialogues and conversations with people within your community. We started mm. with our economic development rep, um, meeting with business and industry that was coming in. So if we were not going to be given away, and I say this all the time, Shirley Chisholm says, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring your own folding chair. But I also say, hey, if you don't have a seat at the table, there's no room for your chair. Create your own table and write mm. them. Mm. And so that's what it will take. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, last question. Do uh, apprenticeships have any part in career in tech or is, is the state I know we have Apprenticeship Carolina. Is there any uh, apprenticeship movement that go along with the CTE case stuff? Absolutely, there there is. So apprenticeships um, are part of our model. And I will tell you that as a state, we've moved to, which I think is amazing, we've moved to an accountability system that recognizes students for their career readiness, right? Mm. And so 25 points of a report card for a high school comes from kids being either college or career ready, wow. right? And so a part of that is if a child receives uh, work-based learning credit, uh, meaning they serve 40 hours on a job, uh, there's an agreement between that entity and that school for that student and they're evaluated, then that serves as a work-based learning credit for that child. There are also work-based learning courses that give students grades and credit for doing an apprenticeship. Yeah. And so, and then of course there are some um, uh, tax incentives for for um, or or some type of labor market incentive right. for jobs that are willing to have an apprenticeship. So that's all a part of uh, career and tech ed and giving those kids that experience and. Um, I will tell you that in a community, you need to be able to go out and facilitate those partnerships because sometimes businesses don't know, hey, if I do this, I'm preparing the skilled workforce to come right. to a job for right. me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. So it sounds like there's some work to be done. There um, is work. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of progress that's already been made to this point. Yeah, 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 I think so. Well, Miss Malona, I thank you so much for this wonderful insight. I'm going to listen to this episode probably five <laughs> or six times myself, and I'm definitely going to get a contact number to reach out to you and your department. Is there anything, any last words that you want to leave with um, any principals, guidance counselors, students, teachers, or Kate advocates before we go? Mm -hmm. Yes, I actually, I want to say to any of those individuals that you are the person that opens the door of access for children. You are that never-ending resource. And so I challenge you to think outside of the box and think of ways that you can bring these opportunities to children. I will tell you that my door is an open-door policy. You can reach me at 803-734-8412 if you ever want to talk about ideas. Um, I'm that person that likes to brainstorm for children. So mm. um, we're here. Our doors are open to help you at any time um, throughout that process. 
but stay open and try to find those ways of access because you are that servant leader that opens the door for those behind you. Right on. Thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with someone that needs to hear it. That can be, again, a superintendent, a principal, uh, a district. Share it with the folks that need to hear it. We want to continue having challenging, meaningful, significant conversation on how to bridge the gap in education. We'll see you next time on the Dash Podcast.